boys and girls, children of all ages, I am your host, the one, the only, the incomparable, the legend, and one half of our your UPW Tag Team Champions, Evan McLeod. And you are listening to Sports First. Today, here on Sports First, we got a fun time for you. But first, but first, I have two special guests. To my right, I am his co-host with the most. He is the one that created all of this with me. He is the reason for this being of this podcast. He is my friend. He is my confidant. He is the man that has created the show on Anchor, Films of Fury. He is the one, the only, the incomparable Sergeant Fury, Dan Roberts. My God, that I, I don't think I can live up to that introduction, but I'm going to try today. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. There's one more, though. Wait, wait. Here we go. We're going to do it live. We're going to do it in living color. We are going to do, my man, did I say you were to my right or to my left hand? Uh, I'm to your right. I'm the stoned one. <laughs> the, the man to my left. He weighs in at Esrim, Trim, Jack, Chisel, and Buff. He is the one. The uh, Mr. Skills, your girl. Mr. I don't know what my name is. He could be the one. The only favorite. So, no, 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 no. He is not. He is. He is. Cyclone Jones. That, that's a, dude, that's, wow. I would like to know what the fuck he's on, Cyclone. I have no motherfucking idea, but let me introduce myself, because I didn't get the damn, the dick rub that Sergeant Fury got. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know me, I know you, we know each other, Cyclone Jones! In the building, baby! You know how we do things. I'm just going to sit here and drink my coffee. <laughs> discussion before this but today you know with everything that's going on with uh you know the cov virus you know cov19 i kind of want to have a little fun because today is the first night of the double header of the grandest stage of them all the biggest event in history the place in your house wrestlemania oh yeah so i wanted to kind of use today this may have to be a two-parter because you know it's seven o'clock wrestlemania does start and we got a little late start, but with everything that's going on, we lost NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, March Madness. In lieu of March Madness, I stole this a little bit from uh, um, the uh, New Day's podcast. They actually just did a podcast uh, based on March Madness around TV shows. So that's why this might have to be a two-parter. But we're going to call this... April Armageddon. Yeah, 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 it's good. It's so good. I like it. So what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about uh, moments, storylines. Memories and mayhem. Oh, pretty much. Pretty much. Of WrestleMania history, past, present, and future. Um, But I have 32 moments, angles, everything on a a run sheet here for us. We're going to vote. We're going to get to the number one moment in Wrestlemania history and I didn't give you anything to study on because I want pure raw hatred for the 
things that I do to you guys. <laughs> so just to make sure, what are we? What are you going to give us? Are you just going to give us the main event? Are you going to nope. give us a couple of side pieces there? You know, you're going to you're going to get a little bit of everything from under the cheese. Okay, no doubt. So of course, of course, Ish is concerned about side pieces on this one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 Gotta get it in any way possible. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, baby. Beep beep. <laughs> the three of us could never ever do this together, but you know we always find a way. Find a way. I can't let the wife hear that though. No, no, you can't. She'll kill you. So will dance. He just moved in. It wouldn't be a good thing. Nah, nah. See, see. I, I'm, I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with my life. I know she's sitting right next to you. It's okay. <laughs> no, even worse. She's watching American Horror Story right now, and when she found out it was WrestleMania, she goes, "Are you really gonna watch that?" It's like, all right, well, that started the night off great. So let's do this. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be, have the largest indoor attendance in record. Do you know? Well, I mean, we'll beat this though. UW has a bigger crowd than WrestleMania this year. <laughs> That's fucking savage, son. <laughs> uh oh, we went there. Should I probably bleep that out later? <laughs> no, don't bleep that out. Let's just fucking bleep my words out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. That fucker stopped me. Uh-oh. <sighs> idea and texted Dan this morning at like 7 a.m. I came up with this idea at 3 o'clock in the morning while I was at work. So, <laughs> could have been more well thought out, but... <laughs> nah, I'm, I, I'm intrigued by some of your, your, your picks, man. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready if Ish is. Like, he's going to throw them at us, so I'm scared, Ish. So, so I picked the... I didn't pick ones and twos based on what I thought they should be ranked. I kind of was just coming out like what I thought should be ranked against something else. Mm. Uh, so you guys may hate me. I- I'm going to start out hot because Dan and I kind <laughs> of discussed this one. A li- yeah, I know. <laughs> Dan and I kind of discussed this one earlier. but And, and I know which way he's going to lean to, so it's okay. Um, but the number one seed, WrestleMania three, Hogan slams Andre. Pivotal moment in history. Versus... Number two, and this is why I said what I said in the beginning, storylines, everything culminating to that one big WrestleMania moment. The Luger buildup when he slams Yoko to get him to WrestleMania, only to lose to have Bret Hart have that WrestleMania moment against Yoko. Because that at that point, Bret was the guy at that point. But the only way that gravy train started was the moment Luger slams him, Goes to SummerSlam, faces Yoko, and then they have Royal Rumble where they both go over the top and tie, which could have been a change of plans because Luger wasn't getting the reaction he was getting at that time. So I want to hear your guys, your guys' thoughts. I'll, I guess I could be the third guy. I know which way Dan's going to go. So I think we should hear Ish out first, to be honest. Listen, listen. That, honestly, even though it's, even though it is something that is, um, known around the world, no, we talked about even when Hogan dropped the end bomb and and Andre the Giant slammed himself, you know, <laughs> body slammed himself, you know, for that for that short period of time. 
that was still good and awesome. However, the Lex Express was such a better storyline. It built up. It was the American dream. He was the American dream at that time. So, yes. honestly, I'm, I'm going to go with the Lex Luger. I'm going with WrestleMania, the other WrestleMania. Lex WrestleMania 10. WrestleMania 10. Yes, 10. Yes. That's so, wrong. So, so, Sergeant Fury, what do we got? Um, there, <laughs> in my opinion, the greatest moment, the moment which people say you want your wrestle moment the moment that that is all based on is hogan slamming andre because i have i've said this till i'm blue in the face although hogan in recent years has not been looked at under favorable light for for good reason um you cannot you can say it. he dropped the n bomb he dropped the n he dropped the n bomb without anyone knowing it and that was kind of the worst part you know if you look at the entire thing it's like you know, he it wasn't like a scripted thing, like he was actually being very visceral with the way that he was like, saying the shit. Like like Vince going around talking about what's up, my nigga? Yeah, I mean <laughs> literally saying it in the worst white boy way. Uh, Listen, in, in all <laughs> honesty, really quickly, not to interrupt you though, if if I would have remembered that when I shook Vince McMahon's hand when I did extra talent, I would have probably smacked the shit out of him. <laughs> but I completely forgot about it. Uh, well, I shook his hand, said, "How you doing, sir? Happy New Year!" and kept it moving. And I should have smacked the shit out of him, like nigga, what? Uh, that's, that's just me. The only nigga, one on this show who will say. To me, my entire thing is Lex Luger did not love professional wrestling. It is very well known within the wrestling legends that talk about him. That if people asked him if he was Lex Luger, he would lie and say, no, I'm not. Because he didn't take pride in being a pro wrestler. So in my opinion, why the fuck would I give that that honor of going over the greatest moment in WrestleMania history to some? For a guy who didn't love wrestling, and really the guy who did love wrestling, who lived, eat, slept, and breathed pro wrestling, you know... To, to kind of have that moment swept under the rug? No, fuck no. Um, I'm going to go with Hogan and Andre. All right. So, I can piggyback off the book what you both said. Uh, Hogan Andre uh, led the visual aspect of the WWF and WWE pretty much since we were all kids. We can all agree yes. that, correct? Yeah. yeah. That moment, it will always be etched in time. It was part of the montage, even when he, uh, when, when WCW folded. Excuse me. It may have been part of the montage, even when he was with WCW, if I'm correct. Uh, him, him slamming Andre. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a pivotal moment for just pro wrestling in general. That's exactly. when it became mainstream. You know, everybody's right. like, holy shit. You know? Yep. Like, one and two, WrestleMania one and two, they were good. They brought in famous people, but they were not like, this was that moment that culminated to WrestleMania is going to be a thing for a long time. It was Andre the Giant passing the torch to Hulk Hogan. Correct. The Luger built up. So, I loved Lex Express as a kid. Okay? I thought it was good. But I felt like the way WrestleMania is built now, I think at that point in time, WrestleMania was still kind of built the same way WrestleMania in the 80s was. 
you didn't have a lot of TV time in the 80s. You had primetime wrestling. Uh, you had superstars, I think, that didn't start till late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the reality is, like, there wasn't a lot of WWF on TV. Uh, you had some shows here and there. Um, where you had, at the time, where Luger was doing his, you know, Lex Express thing, you had Monday Night Raw. And, and it was kind of built an old 80s style. They didn't put him on TV, but they showcased Lex Express. And then he didn't show up on TV until, like, the week before, the, the week going into WrestleMania. Uh, that was the first time he was actually on TV. But Yoko, I believe, was on TV with Fuji every week leading up to WrestleMania at that point. He was. Uh, because I, and I believe Bret Hart was on TV still. He was. And let's, sorry, I, I hate to I hate to take this out of the equation. Fucking Yoko went over in a casket match against Undertaker at Royal Rumble in the buildup to WrestleMania 10. So let's not exactly. ignore the Undertaker rub. So, so, but here's the thing. In the time, in a time period where Yoko was champion, he was not the guy. He was the heel, the monster heel that you needed. He had beaten, lost to Hogan at WrestleMania 9, beat Hogan, King of the Ring? Yep. I think it was? Yes, right? it was. And then held on to the title, lost to Luger at SummerSlam. After, at, at, that was the pivotal moment. He lost to Luger via count-up. So Luger at that point should have gotten the rub at that point from the crowd. He didn't. So that's why I think like the changing and, and maybe the booking change, the book change, to, to have that, okay, well, we're going to have Brett and Luger go out together. And the rumor was that Luger was out at a bar that night prior and leaked to a reporter that he was beating Yoko but losing to Brett later that night. So he would win the title from Yoko, lose it to Brett to kind of set up a Brett and him thing, which I think would have been okay. Um, it's also duly noted that Luger wasn't amazing in the ring, but to me, I think Luger gave you, at that time frame, was the body. And even though he could give you minimum work rate, uh, Brett was more of the workhorse. I think Yoko was a really good workhorse for a big guy. Um, but the build-up to get to overall Brett's moment at WrestleMania 10, the story arc to get there, like, you'll never forget Andre ripping the cross off of, of, of Hogan and Piper's pit. You know, because yeah. that was the moment their friendship ended. But you had the Lex Express, and you also had the side piece of Brett and Owen. So, like, you had a family feud going on, and that was a big story because they had never wrestled each other up until that point. That was a big deal. So, like, to me, the culmination of WrestleMania 10, storyline-wise, I have to go with WrestleMania 10. I have to. I have to agree with this because though Hogan is such a big pivotal moment, the storyline and the whole arc to get to Brett's moment at WrestleMania 10, I just enjoyed it more. Now, granted, I've watched WrestleMania 3 a hundred times over. And there's going to be some matches that are not on this list that could be on WrestleMania, you know, from WrestleMania 3. I did not put Macho and, 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 and Steamboat on, on this first ever um, 32. There's too many matches to count that are, that are great in WrestleMania, that are good. So I, I have to go with the loop. And I know Dan needs that right now. No, it's, it's fine because that's the best part about this is, is that, you know, we can... We can all sit down during this strenuous time and our 
our fucking world and still be amicable even though you both are completely fucking wrong. <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah, it's so... It's, it's okay if your opinion is that, but you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all right. In round one, still, still in round one, we're going to go WrestleMania 4. The Mega Powers Unite. Macho beats DiBiase in the tournament to win the title. Where Hogan, boom, helps Liz, holds up Liz, comes out with Liz. Where, where Hogan grabbed Liz's booty. Yeah, yeah. Say it right. Yeah, yeah. Well, dirty old Hogan. <laughs> All right. Against, ready? WrestleMania 6. Title for title. Warrior beats Hogan. Oh, you hate me right now. May I go I first? Hate you hate me right now. May I go first? <laughs> you can yeah, go you first. Were going first anyway. Okay. Yep. <sighs> WrestleMania 6. Ultimate Warrior. And the reason why I say that is, is as much as I like, uh, two reasons, as much as I like Macho Man as a good guy winning the title at WrestleMania uh, 4, I love him better as a heel, and I loved him versus Hogan at WrestleMania 5 the following year. So with that being said, I will have to go with the Ultimate Warrior winning the title because I can remember, I know, I, I feel it in my soul, remembering Royal Rumble 1990. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. And the moment Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior looked at each other and locked eyes. And I can remember my brothers and sisters and my parents were all in the living room watching it. And literally, I looked down at my Hulk Hogan Hulkamania t-shirt and I looked up at the screen and I was like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do right now. Because I... I'm like, fuck, this is terrible. And then, to me, the the promos Ultimate Warrior cut are legendary. The fact that it was the first time two good guys in WWE went at it for the titles. The fact that they both had titles. And more importantly than that, the Sky Dome that night, watching that crowd, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And to me, I will hands down pick that because I have a photo of that day um, that I keep. That is me using my older sister's mascara pencils to do a warrior face paint while wearing a Batman and Robin, Burt Ward, and Adam West t-shirt. And, like, my hair, I was trying to grow my hair out like Ultimate Warrior and it looked like shit. And it's like, to me, to me, that that, that will always have a special moment in my heart. So I'm going to go with that one. One second. <laughs> I'm going to look through my photos real quick. I'll go next. I'll go next. I, I, I have to agree with Dan. Um, and it's a sentimental thing, to be honest with you. Um, as much as I love the Mega Powers forming and at WrestleMania 4, um, and that moment, to me, when Macho wins culminates everything for Macho at that point. Okay. That that tournament was awesome because you thought you thought Hogan was winning. Okay. But to me, the the thing that I can remember about any wrestling first, okay, any WrestleMania that I ever saw first was primetime wrestling 
the week after the, the week the, the days after WrestleMania six and them showcasing the end of that WrestleMania six match. The last ten or fifteen minutes of it. Mm-hmm. So as a kid I sat in my parents' bedroom, they had a little love seat in their bedroom, and I sat there with my in, in, on the love seat and watched watched this with my older brother. And that was time that we spent together. Like we, we loved watching wrestling together. So like that's one of the most pivotal moments for me, remembering that. And that was the first time, I think, in history that you had a title for title in the WWF at the time. Uh, like that was a showcase match like that. Um, but I ha- I have to go with that. Yeah. Um. I mean, this is a clean sweep right here. Like, I mean, everything you guys said are, are correct. You know, the the Hogan, Macho Man, it was good. But like Dan said, you know, to, to watch Macho Man as a face was like, yeah, good, okay, awesome, give me the good feels. But Macho Man was a born heel. He was a born bad guy. Oh, you know, he had, the, his voice was just a bad guy. Like, you hear his voice, you gotta be a bad guy. Automatic. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Um, however... The um, the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan feud was just amazing, and the reason why I feel it was amazing was because watching sitting those at my grandmother's house watching these these promos, the promos did. I, I'm a promo person. Everything Ultimate Warrior said was off the wall, crazy bananas. But it got you so pumped to the point where you want to see him rip his head off, literally and drink his blood from his dripping head that's in his hand. Like, you want to see the warrior do this. Like, yep. and it's just an amazing thing. So with, with promos alone, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, automatically. Awesome. I, I can't agree with you guys anymore. Nope. Uh, so, next matchup. See, and it only gets better the hate that you guys will have for me. Ready? HBK, Razor Ramon, ladder match, WrestleMania 10. Yep. Tag Intercontinental. Sorry, not tag. Intercontinental title. Dual Intercontinental title. Versus WrestleMania 2000. Triangle first ever ladder match. Edge and Christian. Dudley's. Hardy. You're an asshole. You are an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. This just tears at your heart, don't it? Well, you're you're going first because oh, I wanted to go, I wanted to go last. To be honest. With you. <laughs> oh, you want to go last on this one? I go first. Man. It's a tough. It's a, this is a tough one. You know what he's doing? He's waiting to hear our thanks so he can be like, "Oh yeah, that sounds great." Fine, I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go first. Yeah, go first, fuckface. WrestleMania 2000, the millennium. They had to start it out with a bang. They had the three top teams. I'm going to say pretty much at that time. And quite frankly, could be of no, all time. No, you know no, no. Give, them their, give them their due. The three best tag teams in history. Yes. The three best tag teams in history went out there and gave you an instant classic. With a good storyline, a great build-up, to give you an instant classic. 
the story for Razor and HBK is a default because Sean got busted and suspended and wouldn't give the Intercontinental title back, kept the belt, and that's the only reason Razor, they had the tournament. But with that being said, the storyline with Sean coming back as Intercontinental Champion, as the uh, uh, the uh, what, what the unaffi- what did he say when he was the he, he had a phrase that he w- he was the Intercontinental Champion, and that you know Razor was the fake Intercontinental Champion. Um, but the reality is, I mean, when you think ladder matches, those two ladder matches like stick out in your mind for WrestleMania moments. You could have all the other ladder matches you want. But those two stick out because they were the, that was the first mainstream singles, and that was the first mainstream tag. So thanks for the history lesson there, Doc McGee. What is your fucking answer? <laughs> you have done a marvelous job of tiptoeing around the fucking tulips I'm because... HBK Racer. HBK Racer. Okay. <laughs> HBK Racer. Okay. That, see, see... I love the Hardys and I'm going to go HBK and Racer because it was like the second ladder match HBK really had in the WWF and, and it just was a pivotal time like Wrestlemania 10 is one of my favorite Wrestlemanias but I'm gonna go HBK race <laughs> which one do you I'm going, guys want to go now I'm going hands down hands down triple threat ladder match Ooh. triple threat that wasn't a, I mean not taking anything away from HBK and Razor because they put their heart and soul into that match and it's still talked about today. Like you're picking all these matches that are still talked about in mainstream. That's, and I hate you for that. I literally want to punch you on the tape for this. That's what this is about right now. That's what it's about. Brother. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> um I hate you. I've, I've, I've also come to realize, off topic, I've also come to realize that I think you guys use me as your new jack on the damn... Uh, oh, my I God. Just, Here we go. Like, Racism. Because you, know, you know I will say anything and everything and dare somebody to fucking test me on it. So. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's, here's a good question. Why would you pick that particular one, bro? Why would I pick the, the triple threat? Yeah, what 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 is like the one reason that you have to to pick that one? I'm I don't yo I'm not shitting on it. I'm just curious. The, the reason why is because like I said I I like 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 I said when he was when McLeod was talking, I feel as though it was the best match for the best three tag teams hmm. in this era, in this time frame, in the business at that time, and still not still anymore. They don't tag team anymore. They're the best tag team. Like, each and every single team has done extraordinary things and has made marks in professional wrestling as a tag team all over the world. Oh, yes. They, I, can't, I couldn't agree with, with you more. All three of them are an amazing team. And for them to put on, with, with, with six men in a ring, automatic clusterfuck. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Five men is a clusterfuck. But with those six guys get in there and they did what they did and it was freaking amazing you can't tell me that as a kid or how old you were watching that match you weren't on the edge of your seat biting your nail there's no way in hell if you tell anybody tells me that I'm smacking the shit out of them for lying because you can't that's why I picked that match over Razor Ramon nice <laughs> Dan's just like, okay. no 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 actually <laughs> I, 
right. well no there there's 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 a reason for for me being like nice nice and it's not that i'm high um <laughs> here's here's my thing you you guys are gonna be shocked to shit i'm uh i'm going with ish on this one and there is a reason why i'm picking why i'm going with ish on this one um, this might be sacrilege because everyone likes to be like, oh yeah, I totally, w-. I was never a Shawn Michaels fan. Wow. I was never, I was, I was, I was a Bret Hart fan during that time. I was not a fan of the, the Chippendale stripper thing. Um, I, I really didn't get it. I didn't I preferred wrestling and you know also undertaker so i'll throw you know i love the undertaker but for me the match that the hardys the dudleys and edge and christian had was not just the three best tag teams potentially of all time okay let's let's go with that one but also it was three young hungry teams where you almost were sitting back being like okay of these six guys who's going to be the one to become the guy you know what we all what we all mean by being the guy, like the guy that was going to be the breakout of all six of those men, and right. to see those six guys going out there on kind of a lackluster WrestleMania to begin with, and just being like, not only is this fucking shit ours, but this entire fucking wrestling business is ours, and they did it, and for me, my money gonna be gonna be uh, the triple threat ladder match. This one's an easy, like, we don't really have to have much of an explanation for this one. Okay. And I did I did this one on purpose. You did all of them on purpose. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Dick. But, but, but this, Dick. One, this one actually makes sense versus one another, okay? Okay. And I, and I did this because I'm paying homage. Oh, you just like saying person. that word. I do like saying that word. So we have... The Undertaker streak that starts at WrestleMania 7 and culminates at the number 21 wins. Versus WrestleMania 30, where Taker loses to Lesnar. I did this for a reason. I'll even go first. Taker starting at 7 is great because at that point in time, you didn't really know. And even up until probably, what, till he got up to like about 12 or 15? Uh, it, twelve. Uh, it was it was WrestleMania in Skydome when Undertaker beat Ric Flair when he held his hands up and went all the way up to number 10 that everyone was like, like oh. oh yeah, exactly. So the streak, well, it's a big deal in the wrestling world. I clear cut without a shadow of doubt taking the moment where Taker loses to Lesnar, I can I can say the funniest moment is where Lesnar's laughing and Taker sits up and just turns and there's so many memes and so many things that are out when Taker's just like <laughs> looking at Lesnar and then yeah. choke slams him. <laughs> yeah. But the reality is like that moment of him losing nobody else I don't care that he lost to Roman Reigns he could lose to John. See I don't the moment that he lost to Lesnar, so many people were so conflicted because the moment I wanted Taker to lose was against Orton. 
I remember that match like it was yesterday, and I thought they were going to have Orton beat him. But in my mind, after all that was said and done, sitting and seeing Lesnar win made the most pivotal sense because Lesnar's a pure badass. And I'm a huge Lesnar fan, don't get me wrong. But the, re- the reality is that it just makes sense. The man that went to the UFC, came back, and beat the take Undertaker, and it didn't need to be a full-time guy. No one needed that rub. Even Lesnar didn't need that rub. But the thing was, it solidified that Lesnar was the beast. And doesn't need to be there all the time. And people forget, like, I hate when people say he's part-time champion. He's never on TV. Neither was Hogan. Hogan was not on TV weekly. This is pure 80s booking. The only guy that was ever on TV every week with the title was Flair in WCW. Okay? So my, my vote goes to the upside. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can understand that. Um, to be honest, I don't think anybody beating Taker would have made me happy. You know? <laughs> Because it, it's Taker, man. Like, he built the streak up. They built the streak up as a storyline to be amazing. And and then he loses to Brock, which I am not a fan of. Because he was a full-time guy. Left. Went to football. Couldn't make it in football. Went to UFC. Won a championship and got his ass whooped and immediately left. And he came to WWE as a badass. And now you want to whatever the hell you want to do. I just don't like that when there's so many people out there that bust their ass for that rub. You could have made anybody. You could have taken someone on the spectrum of becoming the next superstar to be um, to be taker. And that's why I I say Orton should have been the guy. Right. Orton should have been the guy. So what was the other what was the other uh, when you put starting streak? The, the start, start of the streak. Yep. I mean, the start of the streak was was amazing because, of course, like you said, nobody knew it was going to be a streak. You know, um, I don't know. This is. I, I just don't like. You know, I I got to go with the start of the streak. Okay. I have to go with the start of the streak. I have to. Okay. Fuck Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Fuck him. Someone's quiet. A little <clears throat> too quiet. Brock Lesnar can eat my ass after I take a Taco Bell shit. Start of the streak. I'm sorry. Uh, I can remember I can remember my first ex-wife writing me a letter when I was in basic training talking about this dude Brock Lesnar. And then when I finally fucking saw him, I was like, and? And guess what? He's still, and? I don't fucking care. Yeah. Okay, I loved him in UFC. He was a goddamn animal. I don't care. I don't fucking care. Uh, I think the streak ending was the dumbest fucking idea in the history of dumb fucking ideas. It should have never ended. It should have been one of those things that that was allowed to to continue on. I I get that Brock Lesnar after that became an unstoppable monster and shit. 100% get it. Um, You know, whatever. Uh, Eat my ass. Fuck that. Fuck that. Right, we'll move on now. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. 
moving on. Moving on. Talk about Brock Lesnar eating the Moving on. Moving on. Moving on to the surprise moments. A surprise moment, and this is kind of this is my dark horse, okay? Because I want to see how far one of these two matches. These are matches, okay? I want to see how far these two matches can go, okay? This is a match. These two matches are kind of my. You know, they're like if you, you know, when you're looking at March Madness, uh, what, was, what was the team that won in, uh, over by you ish up in Buffalo? Uh, who won? The college up there that, that went deep into the NCAA tournament. Canisius. Canisius, yes. You know, and they're kind of, these, both these matches are like Canisius, okay? Hogan beats Yoko at WrestleMania 9 after Yoko. Uh, Yoko beats Brett. Okay. Uh-huh. Zack Ryder wins the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania 32, being an addition to that match. Mm. I'll take this one. Go for it. Uh, I'm going to go with Zack Ryder. Uh, the reason I'm going to go with Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental title is because. Zack Ryder to me um, is a hardworking son of a bitch and got himself over in spite of bad booking. And people never gave up on Zack Ryder. People still believed in Zack Ryder as a character and as a performer because they knew he could fucking deliver. And that was affirmation that you know what although we have top stars in this match on this night in front of these people you you get your moment and it was a fucking real moment it was real yep. it wasn't hogan must pose yep. i think that that's the only part to me that sullies the entire thing was because at the end of the night hogan must pose Want to go next ish or? Yeah, you know what? I, I gotta agree with Dan on that one. All right, uh, good because that's a clean sweep then because that's what I'm going with too. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to give any explanation. <laughs> <laughs> you can clean sweep that one. Dan summed it up for everything. <laughs> he deserved it. Yeah, he did. He did. Like, even I won twenty dollars on that. Yeah. Even when he had the bad booking and he was off TV for a while, he went up and started his own YouTube channel and had yeah. people following him there. You know what I'm saying? And he yeah, had, yeah. He, he started the, what was it, the Internet Championship or YouTube Championship? What internet, it? internet Championship. Yeah, Internet Championship. You know what I'm saying? He made himself marketable. And that's what you got to do. Yep. You know? So exactly. he, he definitely deserved it. All right. Continuing with round one. WrestleMania 2. These are interesting matchups here. Because it's. Roddy Piper and Mr. T versus Bam Bam and Lawrence Taylor. Oh, so this is the drizzling. So this is the drizzling shits matches. Okay. Yeah. These are these are the drizzling shits. I'm gonna. Uh, you know, I'm gonna let Ish go first. I'm gonna. You do. You're going first. Horrible, and I wasn't. I was. I've never been a Roddy Piper fan. You motherfucker! 
if if you wanted a Cyclone Jones versus Sergeant Fury match, all you had to do was fucking ask. You didn't have to insult Roddy Piper. Well, I've been asking for that shit for quite some time. Just so I can punch him in the face for saying, Rod, yo, he wasn't a Roddy Piper fan. But continue, Cyclone. Continue. Continue to bury yourself. Mr. T match was a lot better than Bam Bam and Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Piper was awesome on the mic. Please don't get me wrong. I, I give the man credit for where credit is due. You give the man a microphone and he's pipe bombing all damn day. Uh-huh. You know, but as a wrestler, I didn't like him. But I mean, just to pick between those two, I would have to give it to Piper just because of the promos. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm still a promo guy. I, I have a, I'll go next. Uh, I, I enjoy the Bam Bam LT hype um the push the push heard around the world i I guess at the point um you know i did like that lt did take the time to come and train and to be honest he was better than kevin breed i mean can we agree to that Uh or do we disagree um i i think he took it a, a far more serious um i don't know if he took it more serious than kevin green or if he's just more more talented than kevin green um but I have to go with WrestleMania 2 with Piper and Mr. T. A, I'm a huge Mr. T fan and a huge Piper fan. Um, but the difference between LT and Mr. T is like night and day. Mr. T could carry a promo. Mr. T right. could talk. So it didn't matter like that Piper could bury him on the microphone because Mr. T could actually still come back and, and battle back on the microphone with him. You know, and it, it, where, where Lawrence Taylor, I mean, I don't think you got too many interactions between Bam Bam and, and Lawrence Taylor on the microphone. Bam Bam, I like Bam Bam Bigelow. I, I will always like Bam Bam Bigelow. But, like, to me, that closed out WrestleMania that year. And, and I think, I'm trying to think, uh, WrestleMania 11, uh, who was the heck? Was, was Undertaker the heavyweight champ at that time? No, it was Shawn Michaels versus Diesel, Shawn Michaels. and Lawrence Taylor and yes. Bam Bam was the main event and went on last. Yeah, exactly. And, and to me, the better match was Diesel and Shawn. But, just like any independent wrestling, the ticket seller, you know, you don't want people to get up and leave. And, and Lawrence Taylor was, the, I mean, realistically was, was the draw. So that's why he went on last. But I'm going to say Piper T. Uh, I'm going to go against you guys on this one. I'm going to go Bam Bam Bigelow versus Lawrence Taylor. Wow! Yep. I want to fight Cyclone. Nope, nope. There is a a reason why. It is because while, while Roddy Piper and Mr. T's hatred for each other was absolutely real, okay, and they did hate each other, at least Bam Bam Bigelow was able, and this is this is a, a thing for Bam Bam. So this is me fucking putting over Bam Bam, arguably the greatest super heavyweight in professional wrestling history. He could do yes. moonsaults. He could do shit that Vader wishes he could do. Like Vader, I to think, me, honestly, he was one of the guys in the WWE, WWF, and WWE that could have been 
the guy. And, and people don't remember. He no. was a big baby face. Yes, he was. Um, um, prior to coming back as a heel. Yep. Yes, and, he was. He never had music. He came back as a heel with that. Bam, bam. And the reason why I'm going to going to say that match is Bam Bam Bigelow took Lawrence Taylor, who was arguably one of the most recognizable NFL players at that time from the New York Giants. They were in Hartford, Connecticut, so they were right in the backyard. It was during the lull of pro wrestling after the steroid scandal. And Bam Bam made it look as though Lawrence Taylor could actually be a great professional wrestler. Okay. Roddy Piper. It was a boxing match. It was a boxing match. It was a gimmick match. And even in a gimmick match, fucking Mr. T looked god awful. And by doing, by him looking god awful, he made Roddy Piper look god awful. Instead, Lawrence Taylor put Bam Bam Bigelow on the map for mainstream people so that Bam Bam Bigelow could get an acting role in major pain. Boom, bitch. Wayans Brothers. But with that being yeah. said, the two against one vote leads to Ish and I with Mr. T and Piper. That's cool. On to the next one. Yep. <laughs> so, so going going to the next. Ready? WrestleMania 33. The Hardy Boys return. We could all call, could all attest, right? Did we all pop huge that night? Hell yeah. I mean, I I, I, I can remember. I had a crowd of people at my house. And literally, you probably could have heard us down the street because we—that's how loud the house got. But this is a pivotal moment that it's going against. Are we ready? Ready. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Ready. DX. No, WrestleMania no. Seven. Warrior and Macho King Randy Savage. Where Warrior beats Macho, retires Macho, but the coming back of Miss Elizabeth. I, I'll go first. I'll go first because I know this is going to be a tough one for Dan. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm a huge Hardy Boys fan. I love Matt and Jeff. I was a huge Hardy fan. I had huge posters of them. Like, like, you know, they, that was me. Like, I was a hot topic poster child. But I, I'm gonna, I'm, I don't even have to be given that really a big explanation. I'm gonna pick Macho retiring because it was a very pivotal moment. Because I'm a huge Macho Man fan, huge Macho King fan, um, and and that moment with him and Liz, you know, coming back together, was was a moment no one knew that they were already married. Um, but that was a pivotal moment right there when they came back together, and, and the reaction of the Hardys coming back is near on deafening. But the reaction of Macho and Liz coming back together, it is is deafening. Because it's like that moment when they embrace, the place just loses it. And you have raw emotion. I'm going to go with WrestleMania 7. Yeah. Yeah, you want to go next to me? Uh, I'll go. Um, I still cry thinking of the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man Randy Savage match and the end of that match. I I still cry. Um, I love the Hardy Boys. I thought that was a very awesome thing that they came home. But 
Dude, I mean, I, I'm tearing up right now thinking about the end of that match. So, you know, you know where I lie. Macho Man with Miss Elizabeth at the end of seven. Wow. I'm the tiebreaker. Yeah. Well, no, we both picked WrestleMania 7. So. Oh, I thought you picked the Hardy Boys. No, no, I picked WrestleMania 7. Oh. I, I will well, always go WrestleMania 7. I love, and Macho's gear at that WrestleMania is like one of my favorite gears. That white and purple. I mean, awesome. I've always been an Undertaker, Undertaker, Ultimate Warrior fan. Always, always, always. Um, except for Primal Warpath. I've never been a fan of Primal Warpath. <laughs> there we go. Right in there. I don't, I don't give a fuck. You know that. Um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, with that being said, I, I would definitely go with, like, the Hardy Boys, like, like you said, with the Hardy Boys coming home, that's amazing and it's awesome. But I would definitely go with um, the Ultimate Warrior Macho Man. So, clean sweep. All right. So next, I, I know we're I know we're hitting that seven o'clock. We're on that seven o'clock hour, so you know we only got uh, you know a few more matchups left. Really, we're on number fifteen, so we're about halfway there through round one. Um, this is this is a a, a tough one, and the fact that I kind of wanted to have, I wanted to have this. Um, Becky beats Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. It leads into Becky two belts, leads into the man. Um, you know, it gives that moment for Becky Lynch, okay? But I'm having that go up against Mickey James, Trish Stratus. Um, which, I mean, I, I can go first. I'm fine with that right now. I'm going to go with Mickey and Trish. Um, as much as I like Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, um, it closed out Mania. It was the first female match to close out Mania. Um, I think they had a lot of pressure on themselves, which ended up them, you know, each one getting hurt in some way, okay? It, it did perceive to what we're going to get. I mean, it is one year that Becky has held on to that Raw Women's title. And, and that's the thing that's bothering me right now with WWE TV. They have not mentioned that at all. We talked Undertaker's streak earlier. But we have not talked about Becky Lynch holding on to the WWE Women's Raw title for one year. So that's why I have to go with Trish. I have to go with Trish and Mickey because the storyline was just more entertaining. Mickey was crazy, stalker, and I'm pretty sure that's where you, something happened and you had a slip. Um, but that match, I just think, was better from a wrestling standpoint um, than I think. Uh, Becky, Ronda, and, uh, and and Charlotte was. I think I would probably have been more invested um, in Becky, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey as the main event because they just knocked it out of the park on NXT so many times. And I do like Ronda Rousey. I think she does try very hard, and she's still learning. She's still new to professional wrestling. But for me, for the first women's match to main event WrestleMania, I think it was, again, that was a Lawrence Taylor moment. She was the big name, so let's put her in the main event of WrestleMania. I, I, I think, honestly, there was Becky, Bailey, Charlotte, Sasha deserved that moment more than anyone. Even Natalia deserved that moment. I, I felt like, as a fan, um, I just think Trish 
Trish and, and Mickey have a better match, overall match. So I, I have to go with them. Um, I, I honestly have to agree with you on that. With with the women's revolution and you know everything that happened with women's wrestling from where it came from, amazing. Love them. Thank you. You know, it, it gives the women something to to continue to strive for, to be better. However, that match wasn't the best match that it could have been or should have been. Um, I mean, with the with the Trish Stratus match, I mean, back then that's when Trish had that fat booty. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my goodness! I love. I used to love Trish Stratus. Not anymore. She, you know. Does yoga now and lost her booty. So, I'm, I'm good with her now, but I mean, it, it still it, it was a it, it was a great match to my to my to my opinion. You know, I mean, like you said, the whole storyline behind it, and then uh, the the culmination of, of the match itself. So yeah, I'm going with Trish and Trish and Mickey. Got. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be another clean sweep, and my reason. Behind the clean sweep is is twofold. Uh, fold number one was I felt that the Oscar Charlotte Flair match the year prior was yep. was one of the best, if not the match of the year. And yep, that could have been that could have been the main event. I that could have been yes. Don't get me wrong. Um, the undefeated streak of Oscar versus the Queen Charlotte Flair. Um, it kind of got like I hate to say it, it was thrown in at everyone as a swerve in February, you know. But that is what it is. the The Trish Stratus match though with Mickey James was crazy. Mickey James and Trish Stratus at probably her best, her absolute best in ring work, going out there and in front of the crowd in Chicago tearing it up. But the thing that that's I'll never forget was you know. Trish going for that bulldog off the second rope and Mickey James dropping her and grabbing her by the crotch and then doing that <laughs> finger lick spot where you yes, legitimately yes, were like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. And it was legitimately one of the coolest moments in wrestling history. And it's all been I forgotten thanks to the PG universe. Match. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, this is, this is why Stone Dan is the best Dan. So <laughs> we were at Coconut, we were at Coconut Jones my brother and I for that match and I remember that because we were all like no way yep it was a huge ass party so we're gonna go with a clean sweep on that one alright sounds good alright so here's another one and I think this is gonna be a clean sweep but I had to put this match in there because uh, it was it's a first for Wrestlemania okay um it's kinda like today it was it's a pivotal point in Wrestlemania history WrestleMania 2 was housed in three different locations. Uh-huh. WrestleMania 2 had three different main events. One being uh, Piper and Mr. T. The second being the British Bulldogs. Oh, God. I can't remember. Uh, I want to say like Greg Valentine and maybe Honky Talk Man. I'm having a brain fart right now. I'm probably wrong with that. I, I, I might have to that later but, but we'll just, yeah the bulldogs came out the bulldogs came out with ozzy osbourne correct yep. but this is this is the match that, that that i'm going to talk about the steel cage match with king kong bundy hogan and bundy okay mm-hmm. wrestlemania 2 
versus, I think this is a clean sweep. Uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. I think this is a clean sweep. I might be wrong, but I'll let you guys start. I know where I know where I'm going, so I, and I don't need much. There's just one moment in history. That's all I need. One moment in history. One Hogan moment in history. Really? You're taking Hogan and Bundy? I'm taking Hogan and Bundy. Sorry to so, sorry to dis you know to wow. uh, dis disillusionize your your. Uh, Is it because of, of the WrestleMania video game and Hogan on the steel cage? Well, just because the steel cage in general. <laughs> I miss the big blue chunky. Mm, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think you saw more in those steel cages. You did, and also it—you heard it clanging together, so you knew those were those big metal bars hurt. Yes. So I'm I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with Austin and Brett because while that match was once again kind of thrown together the month prior because of uh, Sean losing his smile, I think for my money, I have when I've had to do like a no DQ match or, or, or something to that effect, I will always go back to that match. That's my go-to. And the reason why that's my go-to is... That could have been a regular street fight. That could have been a regular match with a referee that was just kind of cool. Or it could have been the submission match that it was. And that was brilliant storytelling by two of the best at telling a, a story. Plus, it was the, the double switch. It was Brett the good guy becoming Brett the bad guy. And Stone Cold the bad guy becoming, you know, the most popular WWE superstar of all time. Yep. I, I, I have to go I have to go with Brett and Austin as well. Um, and, and like I said, I, the only thing is the blood. The sharpshooter in Austin's face. It's a pivotal moment in history. Um, and, and that will forever like, don't get me wrong, I love the moment in history of Hogan on the big blue clunky cage, you know, everything like that. I remember that. Um, I forgot about that. That's the, the proverbial crimson mass. Exactly. That 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 is like my moment. Um, but with that being said, we'll, we'll move on. Um, that goes to Hart and Austin. Um, number nineteen, WrestleMania twelve, Iron Man match. Bret Hart versus HBK versus. WrestleMania 14, HBK in Austin. Whoo, whoo, huh? Oh. See, for you. no, no, no. This was easy. This was easy because I thought you were going to be a total douche and put oh. a different match instead of the Sean Austin one. Oh, fuck! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the the Iron Man match. I'm going to go with the Iron Man match, and the reason I'm going with twofold. Uh, the Austin Sean match, while it was a gr- it was a it was the the Austin era beginning, it was not a good Shawn Michaels match. Uh, I, I mean, I can agree with that. Sean was hurt; he was on pills. 
he he was not at his peak, let's just say, versus Sean and Brett, who on that night were at their best. And for years, Pat Patterson had fought for an Ironman match with these two guys because he knew they could go. And guess what? They kept people... It's it's still one of the greatest. It's one of the top three WrestleMania matches of all time, because you you couldn't have had those any other two do that. They went a Broadway plus. It was beautiful. Um, I I could agree with that. I, I fully could agree with that. Um, Ish, do you want to go? I think I know which way you're gonna lean. I, I kind of know which way I'm gonna lean. But if you want to go next, it's no. I'm I'm going. Brett and Sean. Okay, it's a clean sweep. A clean, clean sweep. <laughs> clean sweep. Uh, clean sweep. Clean sweep. Um, I, I, I mean, I enjoy the. I enjoyed Brett and Austin. Uh, I think Tyson knocking out Sean at the end of the match and revealing Stone Cold. The build-up to get to that match was a lot of fun. But I, I will always love that Iron Man match. I can watch it over and over. Hours and hours. So, on to the next one. This this is going to... Okay, so I didn't realize this. I was just mind-blown by this, okay? These are two pivotal men in WWF history. We're going to start with WrestleMania 15, The Rock vs. Austin, special guest referee, and And that's going to go against... WrestleMania 17, Rock versus Austin. But wait, there's more. Did you know that both of these matches were no DQ matches? Yeah. Or did you forget? Did you forget? No, I, I completely remember because uh, I've watched them recently. <laughs> okay, okay. But the reality is, I mean, you got, and they're only two years removed from each other. Same match, same outcome. Only up, you know, that, that led you to the build-up versus Rock, Austin, uh, where the Rock finally beats him at WrestleMania. Um, with the help of this friend. Um, But the reality is, like, which one was your favorite one out of them? 15 with Mankind or 17. So this is where your internal debate goes because it's the same match. Same outcome. Mm. Austin wins. I'm going to defer to Ish for this one. What'd you say? I'm going to let Ish go first. Oh, goodness. So basically, the matches are Austin Rock with Mankind and without Mankind. Pretty much. Same match. No DQ. I no did this DQ. on purpose. No DQ. I'm trying, I'm trying to recall the match in my head. Um, and I, I want to say something to stop that that air. So, with that being said, <laughs> you don't need. I mean, you can just pick random one. It's okay. I know. Yeah. I mean, you can always <laughs> edit that. Um, but oh no, we're doing it raw, live and raw. Live and raw. Live and dirty. I honestly want to go with Mankind, Rock, and Austin, okay. um, because I mean, there's 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 build up there. Mankind is awesome. 
I'm a huge rock fan. Always been a rock fan. Will always be a rock fan. Um, I mean, you know, I feel like they did him dirty because he always lost to the white guys. Yeah. But, but that's just uh, that's just my personal thing. But yeah, yep. that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Rock and Austin and Mankind. Dan. All right, so I am going to go with uh, WrestleMania 17, Rock Austin, with Vince McMahon being the the. I guess you could call him the surprise. The Austin is now working with the evil Mr. McMahon, and the reason why is is quite clear to me. Austin had neck surgery. We did not know if we'd ever see Stone Cold Steve Austin wrestle again. He comes back. He's whooping ass. And then he wins the Royal Rumble by eliminating Kane, goes on to face The Rock. The Rock, who during that time became as popular, if not to some people, a little bit more than Stone Cold Steve Austin. This was the first time they did a dome show since WrestleMania 8. This had the largest buy rate at that time for any WrestleMania. It was the WrestleMania the week after Vince McMahon put fucking pen to paper to buy WCW for fucking two million bucks. Okay? This is, without a doubt, the main event of main events. Yes, it was no DQ, just like fucking WrestleMania 15. But who fuck cares? Because the story that was told in the promos leading up to it were impassionate. And Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. And he he and The Rock did what he and The Rock do. And then after this match was done with, The Rock started to become what we know him as today. Where he be, took the time off to go film... Uh, the Mummy Returns, so that he could build the groundwork for what is the truth. Stone Cold Steve Austin is the most popular superstar in WWE history, but The Rock is the most electrifying man in all of entertainment, and it started with this match. I'm just gonna go with mankind, man. So I'm just gonna go with mankind with the <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, with, with with Dan saying all of that, I gotta change my answer. Oh! What? Don't take that, Cease. No, no, that is that. That's awesome. Damn. You're gonna be an what? You're gonna listen, take back your answer? Listen, the facts can't lie. What he just said was straight factual. I have to change my answer on that. Thank you, autism. <laughs> Fine, Brock Austin, no TQ, WrestleMania 17 is a winner. <laughs> you, <dickhead. laughs> I know you I know you love to stick it to the man, Dan, but this time I couldn't let you. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's cool, bro. It's cool. I mean,
and that's going up against WrestleMania 18, Jericho, Triple H, Undisputed Title. Ooh. Jericho, Triple H, Undisputed Title, hands down. I'm going to go Jericho, Triple H, Undisputed Title. Hands down. I mean, hands, I mean, it was Triple H's comeback match. Though, you know, I wanted Jericho to hold on to it because I think at the time Jericho was running real hot as that as the undisputed champion with the two yeah. belts, but that moment gave you the introduction of the undisputed title. Um, yeah, 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 and and there's one more uh, X factor because we're about to make this clean sweep. Um, I will I will pick this because shockingly enough. Uh, this was the main event of one of only three WrestleManias I've ever missed, and it was due to the Army. Okay, I was in basic training this night, and leading up to WrestleMania, I know a lot of the hype was around Rock Hogan. Okay. Okay. But as cool as it was to see Hulk Hogan return to WWF as you know, NWO Hulk Hogan and then go on. That wasn't the match that that my ex-wife wrote me about. There was only one match I cared about. And Triple H tearing his quadricep off the bone was one of the most graphically sick things. And the fact that he wrestled for another 10 minutes afterwards on one leg with his quad rolling up to his groin... Is sho- is shocking enough, yeah. But you have to remember where the world was, especially the United States. Like pro wrestling is so f- American, it's not even fucking funny. You know, September 11th happened, and the world changed. And New York City had this 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 void that was created that day, and they were looking for something pure. And they got that in the first Raw of the new year in 2020 when Triple H walked out in Madison Square Garden and that building fucking erupted in an in a sustained roar of this is our guy and we needed you at this exact time in our lives. And it is still one of the few moments that even talking about it in pro wrestling, I choke up because I was f- so goddamn happy. And Triple H was a heel leaving. And by just walking out that door on that night and being the man he was at that time in that city, he became Superman for the people in attendance at Madison Square Garden. I, I can take that. I'm good with that. All right, moving on. Ready? Number two. I love Sergeant Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Dan. Sergeant Dan. <laughs> Number twenty-five. WrestleMania twenty-nine. The Rock and Cena. Do you do you have an idea where this is going? Either one of you. Nope, not yet. You don't have an idea where this could be be up against because this is a pivotal match, right? There. Oh, I I know, I know. Rock and Hogan. Yep, WrestleMania 18. Yep. <sighs> I think we all just did. I think Ish and I both sighed at the same time. We did. I, 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 
trust me, when I wrote this, I sighed. Because I have my pick. Uh, it, it's a tough pick. This is a tough one. Because I like both these matches. Um, it, it, because it wasn't so, like... Alright, so we talked Andre and Hogan earlier. Okay? The passing the torch. This was... Both these matches, to me, were, all right, you're the guy, okay? But the problem with that, okay, all right, and, and I know it sounds stupid, Hogan loses to The Rock, Rock solidifies, he's the guy, but The Rock goes away. Yeah, Rock. Okay. Cena Rock gave me back Mr. Dr. Thugonomics. And if you're wondering, I am in my room doing the word life above my head right now. Okay. Your daughter's room. Yes, my daughter's room. <laughs> that is being remodeled into a toy room. Um, like playroom. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't want to, anyone to get dirty in my it, It's okay. Don't. Just stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, The Rock was, you know, coming back, gave you a phenomenal storyline via satellite with John Cena. But all in all, when it was all said and done, Cena kind of went and did the same thing The Rock did after he beat Hogan. I mean, so. The torch was basically given from The Rock to Cena, but then, I mean, you look at WrestleMania 29, we're still not that, I mean, we're not that far off of 29. It's not even 10 years difference. And Cena's a part-timer, just like The Rock, busy filming movies. So, when you look at it, it's like the same match. But my heart I'm a huge John Cena fan. I love John Cena. When people sit on Cena, Cena can wrestle. Cena puts on clinic matches and always did with everyone he is in the, in the ring with. People may say Cena sucks. Cena doesn't. I mean, he, he doesn't suck. He, he's, he does exactly. He is the modern-day Hulk Hogan. I need five moves to do him out of John Cena, and I can go ahead. You either give me five knuckle shuffle, you give me a little STFU, you give me a little FU, I'm good. Give me those three moves. I'm okay. Give me three moves, too. I'm okay with it. But I have to pick Rock Hogan. I think it had it had more hype. The moment, even though you get that moment with Cena and, and The Rock looking at each other, nothing beats the feel of The Rock and Hogan looking to the crowd. Yep, side by side. Side by side. That moment is etched in my brain, and and I feel you got a bigger response out of that moment than you did out of Rock and Cena. And I think it's because people have such a disdain for John Cena. That's just my personal opinion, because I I feel like they were force-fed John Cena. But if you really think about it, like, The Rock was all natural, okay? His fan reaction was natural. Austin, natural. HBK, natural. 
what people want is Thugonomics John Cena, but they went and changed it. So you were force-fed this new character that people really didn't really like. They wanted Thugonomics John Cena. And that was proven, what, was it last year's WrestleMania or the year before? Last year's. Came, I think it was last year with, with Elias. When he came out, that music hit, that place erupted. There was not a single person in there saying, Cena sucks. Because that's the John Cena everyone wants. But I still have to go rock I have to. Hands down. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to take this one? You want me to go? Uh, I'll go. I'll go. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Roxena. And Ooh. my reason for going with Roxena is... Th- now, this this has some knocks on it, okay? They, they marketed WrestleMania 28 as once in a lifetime, and you got the same main event a, a year later... The Rock comes in at Royal Rumble, ends CM Punk's 434-day run. And, you know, while a lot of people thought it should have become a triple threat match at MetLife Stadium, we got a Rock versus Cena match. The the storyline and hype notwithstanding, and me being upset that, you know, they should have just let Punk keep going, here is why I picked this match. Uh, within the first eight minutes of this match, The Rock goes to give a rock bottom to John Cena and and tears his abdominal muscles. He tears his labrum, which connected from his hip into his abductors. He tore a major, you know, he had a major hernia. And he gave that rock bottom, Cena kicks out, and Rock could have laid there and the main event of WrestleMania could have gone to the drizzling shits. Rock could have said, hey, I need to be out of here. Um, you know, they could have thrown the X's up and, you know, there goes the Rock, injured. But instead, Dwayne Johnson's work ethic would not allow that. And Dwayne Johnson kept going for another 18 minutes with... A, a, a hernia and a ripped open abdomen and ligament tears and gave us one hell of a main event at a WrestleMania. He walked away having told a beautiful three-year story. And more importantly than that, that to me was his swan song and yes, John Cena has done the same thing that Dwayne Johnson did. John Cena uh, has apologized for making those comments now because he now realizes the strain and the stress that it caused the wrestling side of The Rock's career. But for me, it was about one man coming back after seven years to tell a beautiful story in order to give you fans the man that you paid your money to see and we all told our kids about we told our kids about this dude that is in the tooth fairy and all of these disney movies race to which mountain we told our kids who this man was and they didn't believe us and then they got to see their guy go against our guy and show our guy as being one of the greatest of all time. Okay. 
I hate when Dan goes before me. You need to stop. You need to start going before Dan. I so know that don't, now. You don't get I slighted. See that, now. that way you don't change your answer, and Dan has to be the tiebreaker, and you can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> I was the tiebreaker. I should have thought it was mankind. I, think, I mean, I was a tiebreaker. I should just nix, nix what you said and said, guess what? No takesies backsies. No takesies backsies. I mean, you know what? What Dan said was magical. It was amazing. It was heartfelt. Unfortunately, Fuck Rock and Cena. <laughs> Hogan and Rock was such a better, just a better build-up. And, and and like you said, McLeod, when when Hogan and Rock were standing face to face in the middle of the ring, and they turned to their left respectively, and the fans went bullshit crazy, and then they turned to their right respectively, and they went crazy again. It was. It was amazing. And it was like seeing, just like you said, Dan, the guy that we built up, the guy that we grew up watching our kids see, amazing. We got to see the guy that I grew up watching, Hogan, take on the guy that you guys watched grow up, Rock. And I watched it all. So for me, it was just like you said with Cena and Hulk, Cena and Rock. But for me, it was rock and roll, and that that was amazing. Plus, rock kept forgetting his fucking lines. How do you hell you gonna write your hand, your lines in your hand, and then get caught? <laughs> Touche, Jim. Touche. <laughs> All right. So, and this is a, so. I did this on purpose. I mean, I've done all this on purpose just to mess with you guys. Um, but number 27, because now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, guys. Round one is almost done. We have three brackets left in round one. So some of these will be funny. These last last one, this last one of these are funny. Um, this one right here is not funny, but it's a, I think it's a good story. Uh, they gave you feel-good moments. Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30, build up to the title win. And WrestleMania 35, Kofi, build up to the title win. And these ones are tough for me. Like, I have wow. to be the tie. I have to be, if there's a tie, I have to be the tie. I'm leaning more one way than the other, but there's still, it's tough. This one, this one is extremely hard because both of these guys honestly built their story to make you get in the fields. Yep. Both. 100%. 100%. So, let me be the first to say, you are a dickhead for this one. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, <laughs> as much as a Kofi fan that I am, just on feels alone, I don't know. I can't go because they both went through so much adversity in their matches, in their storytelling, to make you want to be like, yo, give them the damn title. And they still got pulled, you know, pulled back. Take two steps, take one step forward, two steps back again. They kept doing that to both of these guys. Oh. I mean, Kofi with the gauntlet match, amazing. 
you know. Um, Daniel Bryan going through the gauntlet to get the title. Amazing. Oh. I think, honestly, I think the biggest one for me, and only because of the small item that I'm going to say, I'm going to give it to Daniel Bryan. Because when he won it, he had the whole entire crowd surround the ring. Okay. The only reason I'm giving it to Daniel. Okay. Dan? Um, you know, WrestleMania 30 was, was a big... <laughs> don't know. Uh, WrestleMania 30 was huge. Okay. Um, Daniel Bryan opened up Re- WrestleMania 30 against Triple H in a, a great match. Phenomenal match. Um, curtain jerking WrestleMania with Triple H and Daniel Bryan was just brilliant. But I'm going to have to go with Kofi Kingston winning the title. Um, and the reason why I'll go with Kofi Kingston winning the title is... No, not. <laughs> wow, I'm the one. Instantly, instantly, chill out, it's my. Opposite. It's, it's opposite racism. Ch- chill out, my brother. All right, so <laughs> this is this is why I'm gonna pick that one. Okay, after Punk left after the Rumble, and things became up in the air. You know, Daniel Bryan became the 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 plug in for that match. And uh, because they didn't want Batista to come in at the Rumble and just get handed the title, fans revolted. And they were like, well, we want Daniel Bryan. We love this guy. We've loved him forever. Um, But for me, with Kofi Kingston, I can remember watching Money in the Bank after Money in the Bank after Royal Rumble. And just being like, this guy... It would the place would explode if you gave him the title, and he'd won everything. He'd done it all, and the the funny part for me is I look back. I was a fan at WrestleMania 25. I actually went to Phoenix, and I can remember looking for Kofi Kingston the first day because he was signed an autograph the first day, and I wanted to get you know my autograph and picture taken with him. And I looked at him and I said. I cannot wait for to see you win Money in the Bank on Sunday. And he goes, oh. And I'm obviously knowing now, it's like, yeah, whatever. But, like, for me as a fan, I wanted him to win it in 2010. I thought he was incredible. I thought his work with Randy Orton then was incredible. And it just kept, we kept getting shitty champion after shitty champion after shitty champion that none of us really connected with. But here was this dude we all loved. And then for the fans to organically want Kofi Mania. And then that match was positively brutal. You go back and you watch some of those kicks and those stomps and those hits that those two were given. Daniel Bryan as a heel eco-terrorist was brilliant. Because he's that snobby little twat that does the actually with the cunt nod. Who's like, "Mm, actually, you should be using these straws because these ones go up sea turtles' noses. Okay, that motherfucker that we all want to punch outside a healthy living while we're eating a fucking Big Mac. That motherfucker. That dude in the sweater. Fuck him in his stupid face. We used to love you. Now fuck you. And what's even better is we want this fucking guy with a unicorn dildo on his head to kick the fucking shit out of you. We want the dude coming out of the big box of bootios to kick you in your fucking teeth. 
And the best part was... And the best part is, that motherfucker kicked him right in the goddamn teeth. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I can recall, I was in my trainer, Steve Cruz's living room. We were watching WrestleMania together. And we fucking marked out. And he was like, about goddamn time. And I'm like, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Steve Cruz is your trainer? Yeah. Him and JP. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Him and JP. Yeah. You didn't know that? JP and Steve Cruz trained me. Yeah, I really got to whoop your ass. Oh, Jesus. Dude, fuck it. But for me, Kofi Kingston's win was like, God damn, it was sweet. It was so sweet. All right. All right. So I am the tiebreaker. You are. Daniel, I am a huge Daniel Bryan fan. Um, I was a fan of Bryan Danielson, the American Dragon, all through the Indies. I was a fan of Daniel Bryan coming to the WWE. Um, I think he's probably, if not one of the hardest working guys um, in the WWE. Um, he, he goes out there, he he reminds me of, of Eddie Guerrero and, and the fact that he wants to go out there and have one of the best matches and then makes you remember his match. And I think uh, Hell in a Cell, really, his match against Drew Gulak really showcased how talented he is. And, and you know, I just, my issue with that still holds dear to me with, you know, the fact that we had to make a, a three-way with, with Orton and Batista. Um, the fans wanted Daniel Bryan to win Royal Rumble. It was organic, but they put the WWE in a corner. Now, granted, you were supposed to get at that WrestleMania. I think that was just be where you were supposed to get Triple H, CM Punk, correct? Yes, it was. Um, but you got Daniel Bryan... And Triple H, which, hands down, awesome match. And it opened the show, I believe, right? Triple H versus Daniel Bryan opened the show. Yeah. So, it kind of brings you back to WrestleMania 10, where you have the Yoko, Luger, uh, Brett, Owen scenario. And, and in full disclosure and full honesty, I would rather have them done that scenario. You took two guys that were heels, and with Triple H at the time, um, and kind of used them, you know, kind of forced that Blutista to try and get people to cheer for him. With that being said, Kofi's title win um, was organic in the fact that it started as an accident at Elimination Chamber. Um, he took the spot of Ali, and, and I'm gonna full disclosure. Ready? Do you guys think if Kofi does not get in that elimination chamber match, and Ali is cleared and healthy to be in that match, do the fans respond to Ali? No. In the same way. Wait, what? Hold on, hold on. Before you 
very happily said, because I feel like Ali would have been put in that same position as the underdog in that match. And that's why I <clears> say that. I feel like they were really into Ali. Do you think he gets that same reaction? No, because America's not ready for a Muslim WWE champion. Okay. Okay. So really? Means, yeah, yeah, I, do, I don't. Um, I'm full disclosure here. Uh, if you were to put Ali and Kofi side by side and say which one do you think should be WWE champion, I would go with Kofi. Um, mm-hmm. I would have gone with anyone else. I would have gone with Miz. I would have. I think that there is still this stigma that Ali is working to break of the stereotypical expectations of a Muslim wrestler or the presentation. I- of Muslim wrestlers. And what about Jason Mahal? What? Yeah. Oh, gender. Gender was a bad guy. Gender was born a bad guy. He is. You're saying saying because Ali would be, would have been a good guy of faith. Yes. They wouldn't appreciate it. A face. Okay. I I got you. Okay. Yeah. It's not that, it's not that they couldn't accept a Muslim WWE champion. I just think having him be a face would be a very difficult stretch. See, I think the total opposite because I think I think the way he is seen is superhero esque. Okay? Think about it for a minute. You have a guy who comes out basically as Iron Man. Okay? Has the Iron Man glove. You know, shows that has has the Iron Man like the glow yeah. on on his chest work. Like, yeah. he has the face piece. He is action figure toy addict to the T. He is the perfect mold for little kids to be like, I love that guy. Whether he's Muslim or not. Yeah. And, and, you, like, and, and you know is, why I, I agree with you on that? It's because my son could not stop talking about Ali continuously when he came out. Like, I think Ali is, like... From where he was, all right, he was one of my favorites in the first week classic, okay? To see that guy get signed was awesome. And, and it's, it's you know, it's a great thing for him. And it's kind of bothered me that he hasn't been on TV as much recently. I, I understand we got everything that's going on in the world. But even prior to that, he really hasn't been on SmackDown much lately. I don't know if he's hurt. Um or well, I, I knew I knew when he got pulled, he hurt his ass bone. So okay, so I mean, but the reality is, like, I think if you put Ali in that match, I think you get the same reaction. Not to the T that you got it with Kofi, because I think what added to Kofi in that elimination chamber was the fact that his friends came down afterwards. That gave it more. Of a uh, a personal feeling to it because I, I and, and, and full honesty I don't think if Ali's put in that position they make him go against Daniel Bryan which could have happened but I feel like you would have gotten Ali um, and Randy at WrestleMania um, I think that to me that that seemed like the build that was the storyline going going that way was Orton Ali WrestleMania which would have been an awesome match oh yeah. Um, but I, I don't think you get Ali in the heavyweight title match unless he gets that same crowd reaction. And then you have to be sitting there going, oh, crap, 
he's over, what do we do? But this moment where you get the feel-good moment with Kofi, like, you, you walk out of Elimination Chamber with New Day hugging Kofi, and that's the scene. That's how it ends. So that's the start. And it was so organic how it started. I think you get the same with Ali, but let's just dive right into Kofi. Kofi's so organic. Um, it wasn't what people wanted versus where Daniel Bryan was what everybody wanted. He came out of the Royal Rumble. The place went batshit crazy. Now, I will go with this. It's much, again, another superstar force-fed to everyone that, that is pushes Roman Reigns. I remember the year Roman Reigns lost. I actually... Was it that? It was that year. It was Batista. It was the it was, Batista Royal Rumble, yeah. Royal Rumble, where Batista go, where this all started with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan came out, gets eliminated, plays who's on building. But that was the moment that you, as, you know, I, I yeah, everyone will say, or armchair bookers, blah, 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 blah. But reality, to me as a wrestling fan, that was the moment that you capitalize on Roman Reigns. He wins Royal Rumble. That place goes bananas and I don't see you having the problems from a fan base because they kind of treat him like Cena now when he wasn't with the shield when, and that's it's so funny because when he's with the shield when he was with the shield you got everyone like like behind him because he was with Rollins and Ambrose but when he's by himself you don't get that same feel from Roman um, mm-hmm. because you feel like they're trying too hard to make you love him but when it happened organically, you gave them Batista. And what you got out of that was the yes movement. You got everything that culminated in Daniel Bryan, which, again, was what people wanted outside of Roman Reigns. There was It was kind of like this year's Royal Rumble. There was two scenarios for me. You either let Drew McIntyre win, okay? There's only a few matches I wanted. I either wanted... Drew McIntyre versus Lesnar, or I wanted, I think it was Braun versus Lesnar. Outside of that, the biggest moment for me was Keith Lee and Lesnar meeting in the middle of that Royal Rumble. But to me, if you didn't give me McIntyre, there was no reason for WrestleMania for me. But you had two scenarios there that if, I think if that year you gave the fans Reigns and Orton. Reigns would have been, he is the guy, but he would have been solidified by fans as the guy. And you wouldn't have, like, the backlash you have with Roman now from fans, like you did with you've seen him. But with everything tied together, and I know I've gone on a huge tangent here, I have to go with the Kofi win. And it's because it's a guy that's been there for so long. That for years and years, I'm like, when are they going to give Kofi a chance? When does Kofi get an opportunity? Kofi should win now. This is like, it's kind of like I use, I'll use Goldust as the example. Goldust, before he got released and went to TNA, um, was getting over with the crowd when EC, they brought back ECW. And I remember watching, and the crowd was just chanting, Goldust. Like, to me, that's a moment where you capitalize on the crowd. Give the crowd what they want. They're, they're going nuts for the guy. You strap him. You put the belt on him. 
you market, you go after them. Kofi Kingston is one of the hottest selling merchandise guys outside of uh, John Cena. Yeah. So, like, to put the belt on him and everything that came after it, it was great. Outside of him losing to Lesnar, um, made sense. I mean, but I, I really honestly wish, you know, I wanted to see Kofi on that opening SmackDown beat Lesnar and catch everyone off guard. But I still say I have to go with Kofi over Daniel Bryan. And, and I'm still giving the win to Daniel Bryan overall because that Kofi-Daniel Bryan match, I, I, I loved a lot more than Daniel Bryan, Orton, and Batista. So the, next up, this is, a, this is one that will be quick. Simple because it's, it's entertaining, Okay. Number 29, WrestleMania 17, gimmick battle royal where Iron Sheik wins. Versus, can you see where this is going? Nope. Versus the Andre battle royal. And I, don't, <laughs> I don't really care who wins, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of good winners. I could have picked I could have picked Matt Hardy winning. Uh, I could have picked Big Show winning, submitting like he is like the new Andre the Giant. Because it, it was a pivotal moment. Um, there's been a lot of cool things that have happened. I mean, Mojo Raleigh won it. Andre, uh, but I mean, <laughs> I think two that really stick out to me are Matt Hardy and Big Show. Um, for moments like that, I think Iron Cheeks is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I- I'm gonna go oh, with yeah. the gimmick battle royal to be honest. With you, <laughs> Just because it's fun here, and I- I'm pretty sure Repo Man was somewhere in there. I mean, the gimmick battle royal is always going to win because it's a gimmick battle royal. You know, the Andre the Giant battle royal was supposed to be something that was supposed to take off and be good, but then they didn't do anything with it after that. You know, so yeah, gimmick battle royal. Yeah, I'm going to go with gimmick battle royal because Cesaro was the first person to win it, and they didn't do jack shit with him that year, so it kind of solidified that it meant nothing. WrestleMania 24. Rick Flair versus Shawn Michaels. Retirement match. Versus. That goes up against WrestleMania 26. HBK Taker retirement match. Now, I will put out this as an argument to both of you. You can have your argument about HBK coming back and doing the Saudi Arabian thing. But I can argue the same thing about Ric Flair going to TNA. Because he literally said to Shawn Michaels, I'm done. That's the only reason Shawn Michaels agreed to it. But then went to TNA and had matches with Mick Foley. So that, I mean, there's a double-edged sword there. So And had that awesome promo with Jay Lethal. Yeah, exactly. So there's a double-edged sword there. You cannot side with one or the other. You have to side. You, you got to pick one, and you can't be mad over the Saudi Arabia thing because it's pure money. That's all it was. And, and as bad as it is for them to go over there, entertain the prince, I get it. The joke is, it's, it's a blood money show. I get it. 
and, and, and I, I know Dan, Dan being former military, I get your take on it. But at the same time, you cannot say Shawn Michaels doing that and Ric Flair going to TNA is different because they both did it for money. I mean, listen, you, you can never say a pro wrestler is retired. I mean, look at Tiger Smith. Look at Tiger Smith. He's retired. Oh, Jesus Christ. million times. (laughs) So let's let's not go with the pro wrestler retired. And Dan's retired, too. Um, He's not. You're retiring, but uh, Dan's going to come out of retirement to have a three-way dance with us. Well, I'm whooping Dan's ass regardless of a three-way dance, a singles match, (laughs) hardcore match, whatever. It's going to make a difference to me. Um, Dance battle. Dance battle. Um, I mean, both of them were heart. I don't know. I, I guess they weren't really heartfelt because the Shawn Michaels match was heartfelt. It was an amazing match, though. Which 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 Shawn Michaels though? Shawn Shawn Michaels and Taker was an amazing match. Okay. HBK and Flair was heartfelt. You know. Um, See, I think you get a heartfelt moment when when HBK literally crawls up Undertaker's legs and does does the throat slash. Yeah. You do. You do. You know? And to me, that still, like, symbolizes the same thing where Michaels looks at, at Flair and goes, I love you. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. Um, so, with that being said, I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going with the Taker one. Because Shawn Michaels had that sweet-ass white jacket that I wanted to get a, a, a copy of. I was I was t- calling people like yo I need the jacket like Shawn Michaels just had, but it was like too much money. I was like nah forget it I'm good. <laughs> Damn. All right so um now for me this is kind of a no brainer. Um I was at WrestleMania 26. Okay. I was there to to feel it in person. We all kind of, just like with Ric Flair's match, we all kind of knew what was coming, right? But you didn't right. want to see it happen. Even I, like I, I, I've posted on Twitter, I actually have it, I found it on the network, um, where I was hard cam side, so you could see me, and I had a sign that said, um, 18-0, RIP, HBK's career. It made it onto the Slammy show that year. For, for you know. So, like, there's my arm and there's my sign. And for me, the Undertaker-Shawn Michaels match was a beautiful match. And it was, Shawn was still able to be Shawn. Undertaker was still Undertaker. Okay? But does that outshine their match? Okay, hold on. Let me get to it. That is the greatest match of all time. Okay? That is the greatest match of all time. This was a close second. Okay? That not being said. Ric Flair... It wasn't like we were getting Ric Flair in like 92 versus Shawn Michaels of that day. We were getting Undertaker... uh, We were getting um, Ric Flair who he... That match was kind of a highlight of the best of Ric Flair. Like he he hit the crossbody finally. You know it was it was like a a a very good 
highlight of what Ric Flair would do. But he wasn't moving like Ric Flair. And he he was not the Ric Flair of young. Okay. Where Undertaker and Shawn were still performing at peak level at WrestleMania 26, which made it difficult See, for you. I disagree with that. See, I, that's fine. I don't care if you disagree with me. Um, but for my money, I agree with Sean. I agree with Sean performing at that high level. I feel both of those matches, Sean carries both Flair and Taker because it, it is a proven fact. After that Shawn Michaels Taker match, uh, who does he wrestle next? Does he did he have to wrestle Triple H next after Sean? Was that Triple yeah? H? He had he had the Triple H matches. So it was Triple H, and then it was. Was it Triple H two times in a row? Yes. And then it was Lesnar. Okay. I, okay. I, I can give you that then. I can give you that. Yep. Yeah, I can give you that. Thank I can you. Give you that. Okay. <laughs> I, I can give you that. Thank, Thank you. you. I can give you that. Oh, only because, only because, honestly, the Taker matches, honestly, lately, to me, and, and this is why I say that, like, I can be good with the streak ending, is because because I haven't had that same feeling and and aura of Taker, not even like even going into that that Lesnar match, like I was like, eh, I could take it or leave it, like because I didn't feel like I was getting Taker, like same same Taker. Um, I am excited to see Taker and AJ Styles for what it's going to be. To be honest. But continue. Sorry, sorry for interrupting you, Dan. No, nah, that that was it. I mean, I don't care if anyone sorry. agrees with me or not. I think that that match was <laughs> okay. phenomenal. So. Okay, so you're you're with Taker. Yes. You're at twenty six. Okay. So, um, this one's tough with me, and, and I purposely ended, you know, the bracket first round bracket with Mister WrestleMania. Okay. Shawn Michaels is a pivotal role in Wrestlemania I don't care who whether you're the Undertaker there is only one Mr. Wrestlemania Shawn Michaels has performed since the time he was with the Rockers he has I almost put in this bracket for entertainment purposes the debut of the Narcissus Lex Luger and the match for Sherry Martel with Rick Mar- the model Martel versus Shawn Michaels, where Sensational Sherry faints because they're fighting each other. But day, year in and year out, you knew Shawn Michaels outside of the Austin match where you got you know I'm I, I'm broken down. That match still was a good match. He still went out there and performed. Um, Flair, like you said, it was a highlight reel for, for Flair. It gave you all the feels. Um, Taker, HBK gave you all the feels. I, I, I think Taker, HBK is a better match. But I I, I, I got to be different. I'm going to go with, I'm not making a clean sweep. I'm going to go with Flair, HBK, because I, I enjoyed the storyline and it had me even though you knew what was coming. In your heart, you knew it was coming, but you didn't want it to happen. Like, but the build-up to get Flair to that point, 
he almost won the, 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 the heavyweight title. You know, because he had that ladder match with the Miz going into this. Like, like in that build up, like, oh, it's, you know, Flair, when you finally lose a match, you're fired. So, like, every week you're, you're watching Raw to see Ric Flair not get fired. So, emotionally, I was more attached to that storyline than I was Taker HBK. Because, like, I liked the storyline, but I was more emotionally invested in, in that one. So, um, so, with that being said, that, out, that ends with, with Taker and HBK moving on to round two. Now, I will leave this up to you guys. We're, sit, we're sitting at 8.13. WrestleMania is currently on. Um, do we gather commence tomorrow afternoon early before night two of WrestleMania and knock out round two and get to the finals? Are you able to do anything tomorrow, Dan? Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, time's good for you guys. Bob, uh, six o'clock again. Do you want to yeah. do six o'clock before Mania? Yeah, yeah. yeah we can I, do six o'clock. I think we can follow through the rest of this. So, with that being said, everybody, I'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode uh, part one of April Armageddon, our version here at Sports First of WrestleMania, of March Madness, our WrestleMania moment storylines, and cultivated to see who's going to be the number one pick in WrestleMania lore. Going into the two-day spectacular of WrestleMania 36, um, you can follow me on the Twitter at Evan McLeod one on Instagram at Evan McLeod 99, and you can listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you get your to steal a phrase from Sergeant Fury, your fine ass podcast. Um, yeah, I'd like to hear from everyone. I hope you guys enjoy this. And with that being said, I would like to also like to thank Dan, Sergeant Fury, and Ish, Cyclone Jones for being here. Um, you didn't hold the Jones long enough. Sorry, sorry. Hold on. Ready? No, no, no. It's okay. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we want to let everybody where they can follow you and, and, and listen to you guys. Um, ladies and gentlemen, you can follow me on the Cyclone Jones on Twitter. Cyclone Jones fan page on Facebook. I will be coming back. You will be hearing my voice soon on Eye of the Storm podcast coming soon. So keep an eye out for that. You know, that's how we make moves, baby. I'm in the building. Making moves, making moves, making moves, making moves. You can find uh, Sergeant Fury on Twitter and Instagram at the Sergeant Fury. And you can find me on four podcasts. You can find me weekly on the Necrocasticon, where I talk horror and heavy metal with uh, a great group of metalheads. You can find me on Turnbuckle Talk Radio Podcast, TTRP, weekly with your host, Pat G, and myself. You can find me on my podcast with Evan, Films of Fury, um, as currently due to the coronavirus, we are doing watch-alongs in the next three watch-alongs are Maximum Overdrive, The Toxic yes. Avenger, and Big Money Hustlers. And you can find me... And you can find... Oh, dude, this is a marathon. And you can find me on my fourth podcast, the bi-weekly uh, Mental Health, where I tackle the stigma of uh, men's mental health in America. Wow. Holy fuck, I do a lot. I know. And That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> 
wouldn't it be a, an, an Evan and Sergeant Fury and, and, and Cyclone Jones podcast without our secret special guests? Hold on. Come, come on in. Come on in. Hello, everybody. I fucking I, hate him. Batman. I fucking hate him. I just wanted to let everybody know. I listened to this wonderful podcast today. And I just wanted to let you know. I've been trying to call Rachel. If anyone has heard from Rachel, please, please tell her to call Bruce. I mean, tell her to call Batman. Why is he our friend? You know, the best part about this is what he doesn't know. I stopped recording like five minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha, motherfucker. And with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. We will see you tomorrow.